0: Welcome to Unrange TV, we're really delighted to have you with us tonight, we've got a fantastic panel and we're going to be talking about empathy and we're talking about theatre, all different kinds of things like that. Before I introduce our lovely guest though, let me hand you over to Dave so he can tell you how you can join in tonight because obviously we'd love to hear from your opinions as well. Dave?
1: Hi yeah. Uh, hi everyone, so as always a couple of ways that you can join in tonight. First is on Facebook Live, uh, obviously just head over towards the right, there's the uh, text bar, you can put in any comments, questions. Uh, thought, thoughts and obviously we'll try and feed as many of them in that we can tonight uh, the other option you've got is if you're on uh, x if you just head there and use the hashtag mhtv uh, all our guests are on x so you know they'll be able to sort of uh, join in with the conversation after tonight as well so uh yeah but without further ado back to you nikki
0: fantastic so our title tonight is empathy machines using theater and and one of our key key stars tonight is pete so pete can you introduce yourself
2: Certainly, hello Nikki. Thanks for having yeah. me. Um, so yeah, I'm Pete Cruthers. I'm a writer, actor, director, producer, I'm working in short films and theatre. I've been doing that for about 10, 15 years now. Um, I'd say I'm a mental health enthusiast rather than a professional. I can't I can't point to any qualifications, um, but I'm also a, a PhD student at UCLAM. And uh my thesis title is Empathy Machines, which is fitting. Uh the use of film in theatre in the training of compassionate and reflective health professionals, uh which I can now say with even looking at looking at it. So it's it's well well battered in there now.
0: Fantastic. Um let's come to some other long-term friends. Anne, can you introduce yourself?
3: Hi, good evening. Thanks for having me here. Um, I'm Anne Felton. I'm a mental health nurse academic currently working at Nottingham Trent University, running their health department. Um, And I've been um, involved with Pete in terms of some of the work he's done around theatre and um, both in terms of, of, I guess, uh, participating, viewing the play and um, uh, having uh, the opportunity for some of our students to experience it as well. Fantastic.
4: And Mick? Hi, I, I'm Mick McKeown. I'm Professor of Democratic Mental Health at the University of Central Lancashire in Preston. And I'm helping to supervise Pete's um, PhD by portfolio, along with John Gadsby at Birmingham City University. And um, similarly to Anne, being very, um, well, for, for some time really, been involved in, in trying to help support Pete. Um, get resources behind what he's doing and also um, being in and out of facilitated, facilitated processes that he's done mm. to get the to inform the the um, the writing of his his theatre piece so that's been really really interesting.
0: Absolutely so I think probably the best place for us to start then if you get a bit of an understanding of the scope of what, what you're doing Pete can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Yeah so um, in terms of the i'll start off with the film work actually because that kind of gives the context for it so um i was quite late coming to the arts i was i was in the military for uh, several years and i was an engineer for 10 years in total then retrained as an actor and and then started when i left dra- drama school i started to create my own work write my own short film scripts and and short and plays um but the first film that i made uh was one called fallout and it was a a 10 minute, really tiny, 10 minute short film about a ve- military veteran with PTSD. And it was very much just a passion project. Let's just see if I can do this. And it, it got, it did really well. Someone found it who was a mental health nursing lecturer at Edge Hill and asked if she could use it for her stu- to show her students what the reality of PTSD was like. And that was really reassuring to hear that, that that's like what she thought it did. Um, and so obviously I was delighted for her to do that. It went down really well then started to spread to other universities and then started to be used in the nhs to train staff and since then it's actually been used all over the world somehow in five different continents it's just really taken off um so then i started to get uh, invited to conferences to show it and to talk about my work and then started to get commissioned by the nhs to make a couple more films always about veterans and mental health at this point um, and started to feel like I'd found a bit of a, a bit of a niche that I quite I was quite enjoying and I was quite fascinated by. But then so that's that's been kind of ongoing for about 10, 15 years, I'd say. Um, but the play um, the, the, the theatrical play that, that I've been working on that's been the baby that we've that I've been working on pretty much since drama school. Yeah. and the question that that asks is who is normal and who gets to decide? Mm. and that was kind of the seed of it. And I've been working on that through different drafts and different iterations of it um, since then, and been quite passionate about having people with lived experience to contribute to it and people who work in mental health, yeah. and also students who are studying to be mental health nurses, um, and we've had you know other uh, health fields as well, to kind of have that collaborative approach to it at every stage. Yeah. Um, and thankfully, with we've been through a few like well two different r d phases mick's been involved pretty much um for the last what seven years now i think mick um and then thankfully we had some funding from uclan and from health education england last year and we're eventually able to put the play on and part of that was we we were able to bring um student nurses to to see the play and they would watch the play and um they would take part in a and a discussion after the play as well with guest experts on the panel mm-hmm. uh Mick you know Mick and Anne were, were on there as well and a few of them as well um and that counted as as practice for them um as, as, as you know sort of placement hours for them mm-hmm. and it, it's gone down really really well the feedback we had was fantastic and mm-hmm. Thankfully, it's it's uh, funding dependent. It's uh, got a hell of a, a life ahead, it looks like. It's you know, picking up steam and, and some quite exciting stuff happening. Mm.
0: Yeah, there's loads of things to to look at from what you're saying. I guess simulation and simulated practice, something we're going to come on and talk a bit more about later on. But I guess it's really interesting to dig into you using the words of empathy and compassion a lot. What do you think the need is for that? Why Why, why particularly focus on that area?
2: Yeah, I think... It's it's one way, the, the last thing I want to do is sort of make some sort of insinuation that mental health professionals haven't already got empathy or compassion, you know, of course they do, mm-hmm. but I think there's always room for more of it, and mm-hmm. I think that what we've constantly had fed back to us through, you know, through showing the film and through, and through uh, the films that I've done in the play, mm-hmm. is that you get that sense of going on that journey to spend some time in that character's shoes to really feel what it's what it feels like and and see the kind of the the truth of it from from that side from the inside i suppose mm. and i suppose that comes through from that was something that i loved about acting when i first found acting it was it was my ability to to understand people by stepping into their shoes and spending some time with them so that's what i think it does um the term empathy machines came from a quote that i found by a famous film critic called Roger Ebert yeah. Um, and he's, uh, people will probably have heard of him he's, he, he sadly passed away a few years ago But he, he's he renowned as like, the, the, the biggest film critic of all time And one of the best um, But he said, uh, movies are the most powerful empathy machine in all the arts When I go to a great movie, I can live somebody else's life for a while yeah. I can walk in someone else's shoes I can see what it feels like to be a member of a different gender A different race, a different economic class to live in a different time, to mm-hmm. have a different belief, mm-hmm. and I and I think that also applies to theatre. Obviously, that's my mm-hmm. my speciality um, before I kind of came to film, really. So I I, I do both, mm-hmm. um, and I think it, it just does something different. I think what mix, you know, said in in, the, in a couple of the Q and As that we've had after the play is, it moves people, and I think sometimes that word move can yeah. can kind of be downplayed if people think, oh, it was moving, we perhaps, you know, we got a bit upset or we had some tears or whatever, but I think it's more than that. I think it's about engaging that sort of heart and head yeah. and and actually moving someone from one belief to another in a short period of time is yeah. something that's quite powerful, that I think yeah. it's difficult to do with more traditional methods, I think, and it's something that, that the arts yeah. done well yeah. um, have that kind of power to do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think you're stopping it from being a static learning experience, aren't you? I think that's really exciting. I wondered if there was anything that Anne or Mick wanted to add on the idea of kind of the importance of empathy or compassion in sort of nurse education.
3: Yeah, I think, um, you know, I'm sure you've discussed in some of your your other episodes some of the challenges of um, really prioritising some of those areas in terms of, of nurse education, that there are some real difficulties I think with all the things that we need to cover in curriculum around the sort of presence of mental health and these are fundamental skills for for all nurses but particularly for mental health and and you know areas that um, it it can be harder to really grapple with how you support students to develop those I think as Pete's highlighted you know that there are those um, embedded kind of beginning points that people have that that help them come into the professions in the first place. But it's about how you really grow and develop that. And particularly with um, people who might have certain types of experiences. And I think that's a particular power um, within within, uh, Pete's work. Um, You know, the journey that you go on with the characters and the kind of experiences that they have, it's incredibly um, powerful and offers something quite different which you know um obviously professionals um have many skills but you know the the, the creative side and bringing that prof- professional creative approach um to the learning experience is, is a fantastic opportunity
4: mm. definitely Make um, yeah if I, if I can just come in there yeah i mean i mean all of the above obviously um and i i think um there's also this thing about you know, the, the a wider sort of field of, of creative arts is a is a way to you know for me things like you know some education is is a bit boring you know that there's there's PowerPoint presentations and there's reading books and there's reading journal articles that aren't always written to engage people's interest. I'm including some of the homework here, you know. And um you put someone in front of a piece of theatre or or a really decent movie that deals with you know, not just mental health themes, but the whole drama of, of human life. Mm. And, I, and I think there is something about the way that will touch people mm. in a way that say, you know, non-creative approaches, dry sort of theory, or even with the best will in the world, mm. you know, good educative mainstream processes might not have that that power. I think we can do all of these things, but I think we need at least some of, of mm. these sorts of things um you know and I think there's some there's a safety in this as well you know that you know you can expose people to real life Mm. which we do do in in nurse education Mm. sometimes that's a bit risky and the and what you do if you if you're upset or you're you have a sort of reflexive reaction to to somebody else that isn't what the textbook is is looking for Mm. Where, where do you go with that whereas in you know, watching a movie or or being immersed in a piece of theatre, you can have all these sort of raw emotional reactions. And like Pete said, it's not just the emotion. It's -hmm. an effective component of, you know, cognitive learning as well. There's this, you know, I think to to Pete say, sort of, you know, heart and mind Mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. But it's all safe. You're in the theatre, you know, you're you're watching Mm -hmm. a movie. There's some distance between you Mm -hmm. and the thing that's provoking these Reactions and and there's ty- obviously time set aside later to reflect on this diff- stuff, talk about it, and discuss. Mm. And I I would say, and I'm not just just saying this because we're on MH MH TV now, but some of the discussions we've had after each theatre piece has been as as deep a, a learning I've ever seen students engage with. Certainly, I mean, in some of my lessons, people are literally asleep. You know, they, they, and I'm you know I'm not exaggerating. But here people are like dynamically engaged and they're not fearful mm. of coming in with a really important mm. question mm. and they're then engaging with each other. You know, I think it, the whole thing provokes lots and lots of um, pause for thought in terms of what are we actually doing mm. educatively. And I think that's that's part of what Peter is studying in his, in, his, in his PhD as well. And I think there's not just the theatre, there's going to be this, Mm. Meta learning on top about, you know, how to make the most of these sort of um opportunities. Mm.
0: I think you make it a really interesting point though as well. about the experience of being a student, you know, can be quite intimidating for a lot of people. Mm. And the idea of like sticking your hand up and saying something in a class and learning how to take in information and structure it is, is a skill that maybe people can be quite anxious about. But if if the center has taught us how to do anything, it's how to watch, isn't it? Mm. It's how to how mm. to um participate and care about movies films theaters things Mm. like that that require you to be engaged but they take the onus off you Mm. to be doing things so it's responsive but it's not putting the spotlight on you and I think that's a really interesting thing because then it lets people have space for a think as Mm. well and I I guess the other thing that struck me and I'm thinking back about my own nursing education was the emphasis on being professional was about not having emotions not Mm. using my emotions appropriately you know, it was like you don't talk back to voice hearing. You don't ask about. Mm-hmm. You don't. You don't show vulnerability. You don't yeah. show weakness. You don't. And 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 I think about how that limited me yeah. as a practitioner at the start of my career, and also how it did a disservice to people who needed me to be mm-hmm. able to respond to them, because I genuinely thought that being a good mental health nurse was like having a complete face of calm in the face of like you know <laughs> fire drama. Yeah. Okay. You know, sadness, other people's tears, mm. and just not, and, and 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 that made me better at my job. And I think it made me worse at my job at the start. Yeah. And like, I think what pre, Pete, what you're doing there is is really interesting. In, ter, in terms of almost helping people to learn how to use their emotions appropriately, because we all have them, don't we? And if we don't yeah. tend to them, if we don't have space to talk stuff out, it's just going to be um, defeat. It's going to be it's going to end in defeat for everybody. Mm. Yeah. I
2: think it's it's about saying to students look you know it's it's helping them to sit there and and yeah empathize to connect to recognize with the characters on stage and go yeah that's a bit of me yeah I I do that I've done that I've recognized that and we that's what we try to do is you know we, we've got some characters that have some symptoms that you might think are quite unusual so one one of them is a voice hearer another one has uh, synesthesia uh, which is you know not very well understood yeah. But we it, we do it in a way that there's there's ways that people can recognize little bits of that and, and connect and, and go oh I can I can see myself experiencing that now and and I think what it does is it helps students to not only recognize that 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 their feelings their worries their concerns their even traumas you know the, the, the stuff that they're bringing into their to their professional career beforehand or even you know during it isn't just okay it's important you know and it's important to understand that and to understand what value that has as well to to have that 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 literal understanding that knowledge of what what patients are going through um and I think that's the whole thing correct me if I'm wrong but that's I think an important part of what it does We've we've had you know quite a few students share that you know, they have got lived experience of the themes explored mm. in, in the written feedback and in the, in the the verbal stuff as well. You know, the, the chats that we've had afterwards and talked about it being empowering and mm. saying that they feel seen and they feel less alone. So mm. that's another important part of it for me, I think.
0: Mm. Mm. I yeah. really like the idea as well. I mean, I think as well, nothing going back to how education has changed in that um, it was very much them and us them and us instead of exactly as Mick saying talking about the human experience you know we, we shouldn't be concentrating on like oh well I don't technically hear voices so I can't understand that it's like mm. I know what it's like to be scared I know what it's like to feel overwhelmed or afraid or not able to ask for help so I do I do have connections to this person that I can use and I can help and I think that's really exciting work that you're yeah. doing there. sorry Mick yeah. I think I interrupted you. you were going to say something
4: no I think I was interrupting you but i think this there's obviously you know we're dwelling at the moment on sort of occupational education and learning but i think this is a play in its own right and yeah. it it has been seen and deserves to be seen by the public mm-hmm. at large and then you're on other territory like like pete's saying there about you know the the you know the like the normalcy of this spectrum of of experience mm-hmm. and the the way in which thinking about things in those terms can defeat this sort of you know detrimental effects of stigma and and such like and I, so i think there's a whole broader audience for this that's that's everybody but tonight we're thinking very particularly about um you know you, you know nurse trainees in particular but well, maybe not even just nurse trainees and you know yeah. other professional groups as as well
3: i think um, um... I think there's a related point there, then Mick, as well, that I was thinking the first time I saw the play live was the first play I'd seen since the um since the pandemic and since lockdown. And I think that probably amplified my emotional kind of reaction to it, really, and and getting immersed again in the in the joy of of. You know the joy and the, the the challenge of that kind of emotional experience and then I reflected afterwards around you know the accessibility of that for some of our mm. students who may be studying or living in places where they don't you know where there isn't the, the opportunity mm. to see that kind of um that kind of art and you know mm. and the the wider cultural perhaps benefits that that, that might mm. also offer.
0: Mm. Absolutely. I think, Dave, you've got some questions there coming through.
1: Yeah, that, I suppose, quite a, well, as simple as in it's not many words to it, question is, can a play be any good if you don't learn something from it?
2: <laughs> hey, um, you're on. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I don't know. You could turn that back and say, if you've not learnt anything from a good play, I don't know. Which always sure. comes first, Chicken. Hey, and egg. If you've not if you've not learned something, <laughs> have you been open to learning something? You know, perhaps something to reflect on. Um, I think something could just be funny. It can be something familiar, something you've seen produced a dozen times before, and you can enjoy it. Because I, th- I think that that's another thing that we've perhaps I mean that Anne was kind of touching on it there, I suppose, is that there's a there's this, there's another element of just you just get a nice well being hit, you know, <laughs> from watching life is from engaging in art. Mm. Um I think that's so I headline today somewhere that was just talking about how we've, we've lost that that understanding that engagement with art is, is just good for us good for for us you know for our mental health and and you know just going and watching something that is good even if you don't come away challenged or you know if, you, if your mind turned upside down on a certain subject that you didn't understand before I don't think that it, it has to be that I think that's just where I, I get excited about that kind of that kind of work. I suppose that that's what I'm I'm about. But I'm, I'm quite happy to go and watch a silly comedy and and enjoy that and say that that is good. And yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think? Floundering <laughs> floundering here?
0: I don't think you are. I think he gave you a bad question. You handled it very well.
4: <laughs> I mean, maybe another route into it, Peters. You know, we've talked about the the empathy side of things and and how this sort of learning might bolster people's Mm -hmm. compassion and 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 that side of things Mm -hmm. but I think your play strikingly has has got issues in it and some Mm -hmm. of them for you know people will make different sense of these and that's entirely okay which is another valuable you know character of this sort of stuff is we're not we don't have to look for a consensus opinion on the piece in fact it's even probably even better if it provokes different opinions and, and, and we can discuss and debate those civilly but mm. I think you know from my point of view looking at your play and I, and I think I've seen it lots and lots of times there's always something new in there you know and there's mm-hmm. so that this idea of learning is is a continuous thing I think with with theatre and it may be that we even have epiphanies when we are exposed to something else but we remember this play or, or other moments of learning and we make those connections and it deepens the learning. But I think the the issue stuff was really interesting for me because it, mm. you know, and obviously you've written these in but you've done it, I think, really cleverly, which is, you know, I think sometimes academics like myself, we think we're clever and we have these clever credentials, you know, like doctor this, that, and the other, but we haven't got that talent. I don't think Now some of us maybe, but I certainly haven't, the, the talent to actually tell a story in a staged, you know, the staging is important,
0: Mm.
4: but the story advances through dialogue. I think that's an incredibly skillful thing Mm. to do. Obviously there's a visual element to it, but it's what these people are saying to each other moves the story along. Mm. And um, I think that's a really different way of, um, of stimulating people to think about stuff. And I think the good writers, and I'm counting you in this piece, they leave enough space for people to actually come to their own critical disposition to it. And that lingers, you know, it sort of lingers afterwards and mm-hmm. ideas come to us after, even after we've discussed it with other people. Mm-hmm. And I think, all, you know, all of these um, opportunities for learning are, they're not just latent in the thing they're, they're designed into it. You've done that as a, mm-hmm. as a playwright. And I think it's incredible gift to put in front of students and one of my frustrations has been we haven't always filled the halls even when we've
0: Mm. offered
4: this free you know fantastic piece of work to people there's something about modern university life for me where people don't always turn up for stuff and I think that's a shame you know and it's, it's something that that's not about this play by the way I think it's about what's going on in terms of what we've done to the culture of learning in in universities, and whether we've, you know, battered student nurses into a point of oblivion, you know, mm-hmm. um, but that 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 wider discussion probably for another day. But I do think there's there's the emotional stuff in there, which is great, and that's inescapably about learning. So mm-hmm. it's only about learning about ourselves. Yeah. But there's this issue-based stuff that can just go on and on. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many things in this play about restrictive practice. The idea that, you know, is the purpose of psychiatry to help people or is it to control behaviour that vexes other people? Mm. Um, you know, what, what's going on in people's interpersonal relationships that speaks of control, dominance and all this sort of stuff? It's all there in this play. And I think it's fantastic. Yeah. What a
0: tweet. I, I suppose
1: just on just on that point that, you know, the, the kind of thread of what you're saying there, Mick, I think one of the things sort of saying, you know, uh, the skills of a, a producer writer actor you know can sometimes sort of be you know really important in terms of the learning environment you know different to the, the kind of academic skills that you've got and and I suppose that that kind of question about you know there needs to be a certain component to be able to become a nurse you have to do so many hours you have to do so many hours in certain different things you know is it that we need to be saying more about you know looking at these new ways of learning Uh, you know because actually they do enrich people's development and maybe do it in a way that's so much more beneficial
3: I I say absolutely and I might be jumping ahead in terms of sort of a theme that I know that we we wanted to pick up on around simulation which is obviously something you know hugely promoted in terms of, of healthcare professionals learning hugely valuable but um tends to be seen in a certain way. And I think often particularly with the sort of technology that's available around mannequins kind of Mm. approach and and what's really, really exciting I think is is the opportunities to consider creative approaches as that experiential kind of practical, Mm. simulated learning um, opportunity. And I think there has to be more space for this kind of approach and perhaps you know I think as you were saying Nikki in terms of what's been lost perhaps in in education and MIC over the years is actually the space for the arts and and more creativity as you know some of it being about about you know, the, the, the directives and the direction they're at, but some of it also being about logistics in terms of space numbers, all of those kind of things. And I think it's, that you know, there's no question about the depth of learning mm. that can be gained from these type of approaches. And and there's perhaps an opportunity for us, you know, quite a critical opportunity at the moment to think about, can we link it with some of the, the key agendas, you know, mm. and, and that because of the immersive nature of of the play, um, and you know the 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 prompt that that has for you to kind of connect with those those characters. That could we link it with those kind of learning approaches like simulation? Mm.
0: I think you're talking about some really interesting things there as well. Um, before we go into the simulation thing, although it's a really interesting point you make about mannequins, it's it seems to be pretty easy for most universities to stump up the cash for mannequins. But when it comes to commissioning things like this. It's a little bit harder to get them to see that there's there's financial incentive for that, you know, in terms of learning. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we've got a, a tweet from Ali or an X from Ali. I don't know what you call them anymore, <laughs> but um, saying um, describing you as an absolute legend. So let's just get that on the record, Pete. Um, yes, saying, um I can attest to how much learning, reflection, and takeaways there are from an excellent written and um, executed production. And I guess what I, I would you know just throw open to everyone is so. You know, you watch this amazing piece of, of theatre, this amazing piece of art, and then you were describing having kind of space to talk about it afterwards. So, how's that facilitated? How's that part managed?
2: So that I think is still the bit that we're developing, and we've mm. we've 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 tried a different uh, different approaches through mm. the film work that I've done and the play. Um, I suppose with the play so far, it's basically been we've watched the play. It's been um, an interval uh, in the play because it's a long one. It's 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 over two hours long, and then we've given the audience sort of 10-15 minutes to just kind of you know stretch the legs and then we'll come back and have a good you know 40 minutes at least to to talk about it and we've we've had really interesting um expert panelists so we've had academics and lecturers such as ann and mick we've had um health education england nhs england managers we've had but I think most importantly, sorry, Mckenna, is the people with that lived experience of, yeah. of and particularly those that have helped to contribute towards the work, for people who have that experience of hearing voices, of synesthesia, of autism, yeah. that that have helped us to make sure that it is that it's not just accurate, but that it's sensitive and it's measured, um, and and presented in an empowering way. So, and then yeah, we've just kind of left it, I, I suppose, fairly unstructured, really, just to give it that space to to breathe for students to bring what they want to talk about and not you know not just students we've had you know health professionals as well and and and, you know general theatre audiences as well with a really nice mixture in there as well and we just sort of see where it goes really and it's that's that's really exciting for me because it's different every time and as mick said people people get different things from it every time and every performance feels different you'll, you'll sense an audience reacting to a certain bit of the play that didn't the night before and mm. and then that can sometimes come up in the discussion afterwards that someone's really connected with a certain moment of it mm. um but i think just going back to i just wanted to pick on what you said about you know the the funding <laughs> Of it, mm. and uh, I, I, it's not about you know kind of beating a drum for it, but I think it's about th- th- there's there's a there's a wider cultural thing in terms of what we value, and I think with with the arts, it's quite often seen as a as a nice to have. It's it's like oh, it'd be lovely if we could you know, mm. and and if we can maybe put something on at the end of the day, or if we've got a bit of money to spend in March before the end of the year, then we can chuck that at a local theatre company and put something mm. together. But it's it's never it's very very hard to 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 get people to to believe in it enough to 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 make it a core element to make it something that's yeah. got some long, longevity to it and and, uh, and and be part of the structure mm-hmm. and that's what I think we're we're driving towards to show that it's it, it not just that it can do that and mm-hmm. you know in an effective way that it sometimes in some ways does it better than than traditional ways as well so that's where we're that's where the ambition is I think. So
0: you're building an evidence base at the moment, is that what you're saying?
2: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, you know, there is, obviously I'm doing a PhD uh, with, with Mick as my supervisor and I've gone through, you know, some of the literature that's already there and there's, there's bits and bats about, you know, how theatre can create empathy and also how it's been used in in education yes. and, and very little uh, around nurse education, particularly mental health nurse education, mm. but there's little bits there. But obviously, what I'm doing with the PhD is to try and build a, a greater evidence base for it, um, and that's ongoing. So mm. there's the, the next, you know, through the next stage of, of the project, it's not something that's finished. Mm. We'll be keeping that coming. I'm very. Um, qualitative which is my yeah. preferred way of uh, <laughs> of uh, researching yeah. and analyzing so um, it's, it, it's fantastic because I'm learning all the time as well and I'm learning how to improve my practice um, and uh, so that this PhD is just going to be a snapshot I suppose for me to keep then learning and, and analyzing and creating that evidence as we go forwards um, but I think we're getting to the point where people are satisfied that we've got enough that it's worth listening to and and considering having a mm. more um, what's the word a more formal kind of uh, attachment to it. So, what's
0: the next steps then? Tell us about that.
2: Um, so, the main thing I've been focusing on for the last year or so now, actually, since mm. probably since not not long after we finished um, the tour, is because it went really well and the conversations that we had afterwards, you know, the the discussions mm. were really effective. And it was essentially half a day. It was it was about you know three or four hours um, of a student's day, um, and then it, and then that was it really. There was possibly a little bit of extra reflection in it, an extra lesson somewhere else, but it, it, there was a sense from talking to people like like Anne and Mick and and about how can we make this a bit bigger? Or how can we really get into the play and some of the stuff that comes up within it? and then obviously there was conversations with health education england who well, are now nhs england obviously um about the need to create more simulated placement opportunities um partly because of you know the new long term workforce plan but you know existing pressures already Mm. and could it fit that and it and it it fit really well because a lot of the the feedback we were getting were things that were coming through saying it was like real life it was real life experience delivered in a safe environment we were hearing that from students Mm. and from Mm. qualified clinicians and lecturers Mm. and it was like this seems like a good place to go with it and not only because, you know, in, in the real world, we need to find, fund it as well. And, and there was yeah. potentially some funding there as well um, to help us um, get this to students. So that's what we've been working on in terms of how we can develop this work and develop a wraparound package with the play and some of the films that I've done as well yeah. that can be used as a simulated practice experience for nurses. So it's been, it's been a tough... Okay. job because it feels mm-hmm. like some some days it feels like you're pushing an open door and it feels and then some days it feels like they all close but we're getting to the point now where we i think we've addressed a lot of the barriers that have come up mm-hmm. i think one of the biggest mm-hmm. concerns was how is this going to fit the nmc guidance on simulation uh that's what i was hearing from a lot of simulation leads at, at, at various universities they weren't they couldn't get it in their heads how this would work how this would fit that Mm-hmm. So I've done a lot of work here with with Jonathan Gadsby, particularly on um, helping to align it to the NMC future nurse uh, standards. Mm-hmm. Um, we've also aligned it to the Mental Health Nurses Handbook um, to get to show that we've got that evidence that aligns it to you know I think we had oh, we've now got over forty standards within the uh, future nurse standards and eleven of the elements of the code um, to show that it can back that up. Mm. And now we're starting to develop a format for how that simulation would work. Mm. And thankfully, we're getting to the point now where i'm I'm talking to people who've done work like this before and we're happy to help. Mm. And even talking to um the head of simulation at the NMC, who's basically said there is no problem with using this work in simulation. the The key element mm. is making sure that we have adequate supervision for students to make sure that it counts as supervision. And that's yeah. it, really. So I think, we've now got a really exciting opportunity to Mm -hmm. to kick on quite a few more universities now jumping in and saying that they're interested and want to talk about it so Mm -hmm. it's exciting scary um but yeah i'm hopeful i'm optimistic with it yeah and
0: well done for keep going because i think you're absolutely right talking you have to knock on a lot of doors and then all of a sudden it seems to come together a bit more but you really have to stick in there dave i think you had a few more things that you wanted to to bring across
1: Yeah, just uh, Jane Fisher's made a comment, have watched it twice, amazing play, well done, Peter. So many important issues addressed. For me, it was issues such as paternalism and coercion that came out, Mm -hmm. vital for students to be challenged on this and how this is reflected in MH Nursing Practice and by playing the main character, Pete puts his heart and soul into the performances. Uh, So a a great review there. I think Guardian of Color, a five-star review. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I, I suppose one of the the questions I had was... uh, It sounds like it's quite focused on mental health nurse education. Uh, You know, I hate to say this, although Nikki has picked me this in the past. I'm not a mental health nurse. Uh, And thinking about my (laughs) own education at Manchester University as an adult nurse, one of the most impactful things I found about mental health education at the time was Mm -hmm. when one of my lecturers brought in headsets and uh, a tape where you just put it on and listen to someone you know, as if you were listening to, you know, hearing voices. Uh, and I can still remember that, and I trained quite a few years ago. Uh, and the kind of the impact that it had on me, you know, then, and has, has kept that going, I think, you know, it, it really kind of made me think about mental health in a different way as an adult nurse. So I suppose, you know, have you, have, has there any work been done to look at the parallels across the different fields of, of, of nurse practice, especially because we know that mental health nurses might be great at mental health, adult nurses might be great adult physical health but actually the two don't often cross over
2: yeah I'll, I'll quickly do my bit Mick I feel like I've been talking a lot now but I know I know Mick and, and probably I'll have something to say on this as well but I, the, first of all we had nurse you know student nurses from all four fields watch the play and the, the feedback was equally positive and we, what we were hearing was everyone needs to see this and that's not me just i've got to kind of just say that rather than you know be falsely modest about it that's what they're saying They said it's important for all fields to see and mm-hmm. i think rather than just say just sort of saying, well they've said it so there you go i think it's yeah there, there is a there is a mental health and probably ld um uh, focus within the play but it's it's largely about choice of care it's about paternalism it's about and it's it's opened up those conversations about yeah we, we accept now that um person-centered care is the way forward but why is that well, what do we have in, in absence of that you know what happens when we don't commit to that and that's applicable to all fields uh, not just in nursing to you know all health professions you know um so the, there are themes that, that cut right across um all of health and social care I think in the play and I think one other one last thing I will say and, and this actually came up with a chat I had with with the contacts I've got at NMC the other day was that you know, simulation leads should be looking at, you know, there's a reason the NMC standards, I know it's controversial, there's a reason that they've been made non-field specific, you know, that they are supposed to be seen as holistic, mm-hmm. and that if mental health student nurses have to learn all the adult stuff, then it's equally important for adult CYP nurses to learn about mental health. You know, we have to have that holistic mm-hmm. approach to it or, it, or we don't, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll get off the soapbox now and and Lee, hand over
3: to you, Mick and, uh, and Anne. <laughs> um, you're right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I recall again from, from when I saw the performance that there was um, an adult nursing student in the audience who was really clear about the impact that it had on her and, and really kind of advocating, actually, that this needs to be seen much more widely in, in terms of health. Um, And I think that is also reflective of of, um, some of the things we've talked about around the issues that are within within the play as well, which are really broadly applicable, digital health sort of support for carers, if you want to frame it like that, um, the impact of welfare, social context on health, you know, all of those broader aspects are key. And I think we're really um, fortunate in in kind of working with Pete to be looking at screening the play, so we're going to try it this year with Para students which I think will be really interesting in terms of, of seeing the, the potential impact there but I'm also going to say something controversial around you know what we'd be what I think it's really important not to lose within that is the different conversations that you might have with mental health um, students which might take a slightly different pathway or avenue particularly again around some of the stuff that that Mick was talking about earlier around coercion control sort of Stigmatization from the professionals themselves. You know, some of those um, have very specific application. I think within a mental health context, and you wouldn't want to compromise a depth for breadth as well. So ideally, both is is you know would make the most out of it. I think.
4: Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I think you both said it fantastically. I, I I've not got too much to add to that, but I, I do think there's something about, um, you know. Well, I'm going to go off piste anyway. I think the, the, the um, it's this imagination, and I think the the play captures or Every human being has got this capacity to be imaginative, and I think the the play taps into that. And I think the irony is 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 that as Pete said, some of the people who have some responsibility in, in being gatekeepers for this sort of thing seem to lack some of that imaginative capacity or, or less so than some of the people who've, who've watched the actual mm. play. But one of the things I wanted to say, two things I wanted to say before we leave this is, we haven't said too much about the process by which the play has been made. And it's been very yeah. democratic, mm. You know, long before anyone used the word co-production in, in the UK. Right? Pete was working this way in his craft of, of writing and he's, he's worked with so many people from all sorts of different backgrounds to, to refine what, what he's offered us in terms of this, this piece of theatre and I think one of the, re- the last thing I'd want to say is the, one of the things that's really interesting about this is it's set in an imaginary future mm. but one of the big lessons from it is hold on we're doing this stuff now it might be to the same degree, but in essence, these ways in which people's autonomy and choice and everything is is limited mm. in, and it and not just in mental health care. This happens in children's care, older people's care, and all all these sorts of places. But maybe more so and more done more legitimately with the power of the law behind it in in mental health care. Mm. You know, it's it's taken to extremes in the play to some extent, but it's not so dissimilar to to what we're doing now. And I think that's. For me, one of the, the biggest sort of light bulb moments for these students. I've remembered one
0: once computer has to reboot by people. And I feel he's really bad. Very much felt like he'd reached a crescendo of what he was gonna say.
3: <laughs> sure, it was is excellent.
0: It, is, it's very mental health, and we've all found that quite funny. <laughs> um, he's gonna have to tweet it. Oh, is he coming back? Oh, you can't keep a good man down, can you?
2: <laughs> He'll be on his phone. He's determined to sing at
1: that point. I know. I can't I believe we, 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 we've let him back in back in. I can't <laughs>
4: believe it. Mick, can you hear us? I can hear you. The, Mick Rome decided to we, um, we've already explained, don't it. worry.
0: You were you were about to say the the really important thing, so you probably should say that.
4: No, it wasn't. It was just that we we had an audience of people who were training to be social workers and nurses on the same course in Edge yeah. Hill. And one of the things that happened, I think, was for at least some of that audience, mm-hmm. people were beginning to take professional sides and, and cut a different um, perspective on the play. Mm-hmm. And to some extent, there was an, for me, there was an unfortunate aspect to that in that it was felt that because social workers haven't got the hands-on responsibility for doing some of the dirty work in psychiatry, like coercion, there was an easy escape route to say, oh, I'm going to be more of a social worker than a nurse, rather than bring those social work values into into nursing necessarily, and I think mm. that was a good launchpad for a deeper yeah. discussion around yeah. those those sorts of tensions in those yeah. sorts of dual identity mm. um, courses, which may become more and more the um, the future for mm. for education and for for practitioners. Um, so, it, you know, they, I think yes, and part of that as well as helping the nurse trainees. not to feel demoralised because their discipline is held responsible for some of the things that that go wrong. So can Mm -hmm. we do this learning in a way that's optimistic, you know, hopeful? And I think that's in the play as well, I think, you know.
0: That's really interesting. I think that idea about the kind of clean hands is very interesting, Mm -hmm. I think, because if you're part of a system where this is happening, you're part of it. You can't get to sort of like just pop in and out and then it'd be fine. And that I think there's a lot of moral distress in nursing.
4: Yeah, it definitely Because of
0: the, yeah. the, the good bits of, of like sort of psychology or, or those kind of like emotional um, positives being left in one place. And then the difficult things like saying, actually, you're not well enough to go home, being left with nurses. And that's really maybe interesting there's a way of doing that. all
4: this stuff, isn't there? That That, that makes for good nursing. Mm. And I think I think. If we get into the politics of it, a good question, I think, is always who who is the enemy? You know, are we the baddies? It's a good question to ask of ourselves. But yeah. also sometimes I think the enemy is elsewhere. You know, mm. we need to see that in the mm. political economy and all of these mm. sorts of things. But maybe yeah. that's that's for another day.
0: No, I think it's an interesting question to to ask. And I think it comes back to exactly what we've been saying and and what Pete's been saying about his work is that it gives you space to start thinking about what's happening from one degree difference and you see it completely different. A change of perspective suddenly opens up so many more questions.
4: That's it,
3: exactly. I I think in in that sort of two hour period, Mm. it really prompts very quickly those big and deep questions. And Mm. and as we were saying at the beginning, quite difficult to identify our methods that would Mm. get you to that point um so effectively and so quickly in some respects
0: Mm -mm. i think we're coming towards the end now so if we just do uh if anyone's got any last thoughts they want to definitely just discuss or any points they want to make now is the time so i guess we should start with pete really
2: um yeah that's gone quickly uh that's a good sign um (laughs) me (laughs) i hope everyone else has enjoyed that as much as i have um yeah that that that's been fascinating i think yeah the the, the only the, the final thoughts for me is just i'm I'm really excited about where it's going and um if anyone's watching who is yeah. thinking i can sit i want to know how this might be you know used in my workplace not just an education it can be used as cpd as well You know, if people are interested please get in touch i'm always excited to have chats with new people and um see where we can take it really but yeah thank you for for having me
1: brilliant
3: and um... Um, Yeah, I just uh, think there's something about the huge opportunity that we've got, I think, with, um, you know, this as an example of of the impact and influence of creative approaches within healthcare education. And because of who Pete is and how he's approached his work, Mm -hmm. that having that sort of connection actually across quite a few different universities across the network means we've got a real opportunity to perhaps both help expose a lot of students to this learning opportunity but but begin to look at how we can spread it and embed or bring back some of those creative approaches within education again yeah absolutely Mick
4: yeah I mean I, I think I you know I've, I've loved the show and the, and the chance to come on and and, and talk about Pete and, and Pete's work and this this sort of general idea of can we do be more creative with with our our, our education, and I, I think we start. One of the things we started with was this idea that this stuff is moving, you know. And, and the we 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 played with the idea that it it moves us mm. at the sort of effective level. It sort of touches our hearts and and that sort of thing. But movement is also movement on this sort of political front as well, the ideas front. And I think we, where I'd like to leave it is is the play is an excellent provocation for thinking about the. The bigger picture around mental health, and I sometimes think when we when we're stuck in it, yeah. whether it be that as staff or or, or yeah. patients, it's often difficult to see over the horizon to see what's really going on in terms of what's driving some of the more negative yeah. features that are that are in mental health services, yeah. and that can make us take the blame all on our own shoulders when it when it best lies elsewhere. Yeah. So I I one of my other missions is to is to wake nurses up to the fact that they they could have some agency in, in challenging the, these sorts of things. And, and one of the things I like about your TV show here is it's it's effectively sponsored by a trade union. And I think I'm such a big fan of trade unions, but I, I know you know our brothers and sisters in unions, we, we could do more. And mm. this creative arts thing mm. has a tradition in the labor movement as well. Mm. It probably reached its high point in the 1930s, but we, we could get that back. So make
0: the 1930s are coming back. Hold your horses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I definitely think that's true. Fantastic. Um, Dave, is there anything you want to add to that? And who's on next week, just to, just to remind uh, me?
1: Yes. So two very brief comments about tonight's episode. One mm. is, I feel a bit sad that I've not seen this play now. So Mm -hmm. I want to try and correct that at some point. Uh, And hopefully, Nikki, I'll be able to take you. I'd quite like a a nice evening out with you. We haven't been out. The other thing thing that I thought as well was it'd be probably a good one to offer to NMC council, you know, and sort of say to them, you know, actually, you know, there's all these concerns about mental health practice and, you know, what mental health nurses of the future need to be able to do. Uh, And it sounds like, you know, maybe offering them the opportunity to watch it would be quite a nice kind of uh, yeah. not solution but you know part of the of the, the, the discussion uh, and then in terms of next week uh, I did just post to you who it was but now I've gone too far uh, so it's the Jabali Network isn't it Nikki we've got yeah. uh, some colleagues that are talking about their experiences uh, yeah. so uh, you know that's uh, what we're going to be discussing next week
0: fantastic and thank you very much to our guests um a really interesting exciting and such a such an important discussion to be having about kind of putting the humanity into our education because it seems like practice really knocks it out of people so it needs to be something that's really firmly embedded doesn't it? that empathy and that compassion for each other so thank you very much for that um brilliant session thanks all everybody um night night take care bye night, thanks, night,
1: Nikki. See you bye, bye. bye night. Night.